Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And I am looking forward to this uh, interview for many, many reasons, which I have not shared with my guest yet why I'm so excited about this. But I know that regardless of whether or not this is applicable to you, you are going to find that there's going to be lots of pearls of wisdom throughout. So Rebecca Duvall Scott is author and bestseller of an incredible book. She was also top 10 hot new release. In this book called Sensational Kids, Sensational Families, Hope for Sensory Processing Differences. And she's passionate about helping others who are dealing with a family member, a friend, colleague even maybe, um, that has some sort of sensory processing disorder. That could include a variety of topics. And believe me, I, I, I know this from personal experience. So we're going to have a great conversation. So first of all, thank you for joining us today, Rebecca. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about you, your business, and the premise for your book, you know, why you were compelled to write this particular book. Well, okay, um, you already know my name, Rebecca Duval Scott, and I was a behavioral intervention autism therapist before um, having children of my own, and I decided to be a stay-at-home mom, and then my youngest was diagnosed with sensory processing disorder around age three. He since has been um, diagnosed with ADHD as well. But there was not a lot of information out that helped me. Um, I had doctors telling me that it was a behavior issue. Um, I did not receive very much help any way I turned. And I had to fight to get him even speech therapy. They kept telling me not to compare him to the older sister. So finally, they wrote the script for speech therapy. Thankfully, the speech therapist is the one who said he had some sensory challenges going on and we needed to get him into occupational therapy. And thankfully, the occupational therapist was one that was um, very well-versed in sensory. And she's actually um, a contributor to my book. So when you get my book, um, I'll show you the cover real quick. We just love my cover. When we love it, it's beautiful. Thank you. You're getting the parents' viewpoints and everything in there, and you're getting the professional commentary as well. So that's what makes it um, very unique. But um, we, uh, it's it's really in the self-help memoir kind of vein, and um, I'm reaching for all audiences from parents to educators 
to um, other professionals and therapists, doctors that really need this type of chronicled information. It has everything from research intervention strategies and mindsets that worked for our family. And I'm just, I'm very passionate about getting this information out there because I had to build it from scratch. And so I want to help other families that are still struggling or right now, all these teachers that are looking at how are they gonna do, you know, school with these kids, um, whether oh, yeah. they're in the classroom, sensory can help all of that. So that's kind of who I am. That's where I've come from. And this is kind of the person that I've built into. So it's pretty exciting. It's really important. And I think you're so right. I mean, right now, we're not only facing this challenge for teachers trying to figure out, you know, how do I do this when we have either remote or, you know, a hybrid model of teaching, but parents who have relied on the schools and those and, you know, people to help them on that vein who are also dealing with it at home. You know, there's just a lot more, a lot more pieces in the mix. And, you know, I, my, um, my son, who's now almost 30, when he was in kindergarten, uh, the teacher, his kindergarten teacher that I just have to tell you, I did not like very much, <laughs> but she, she sat her, uh, his father and I down one day and said, your son has ADHD. And I'm like, wow, I, she, he just got a diagnosis from a kindergarten teacher. That's Wow. And it took us actually with my son until he was, I think, 13 before we actually got a correct diagnosis of Tourette's syndrome. And through all those years, it was, you know, it's ADD, it's ADHD, it's this, it's that. And it's so, you know, it's you're struggling with that as a parent anyway. You don't know the best ways to help them to navigate that. There's no manual to help you not only find the solutions, but to feel like you have other people in this world who could actually listen to you, comprehend and and you know and commiserate, I guess, with what with you know what you're going through. And so I I love it. I wish this book had been available to me then. Yes, and it probably even though Tourette's is different than the autism spectrum disorders, different than sensory processing disorder and all this, what makes it so important and poignant for people to understand is that when you think of the functionality pyramid, sensory is at the bottom. So if you're wanting to build motor skills, cognitive skills, behavioral, emotional, you have to start with sensory integration. If you think of how a child develops, that's the first thing that they start doing. They start mouthing everything. They're trying to learn how to use their bodies. They're learning through their sensory experiences so that they can build all these upper level skills, you know, throughout their life. So it's, I just, I love everything that we've learned and I wanted to share all of that information forward to help families that really don't understand why sensory can make a difference no matter what your diagnosis is. Yeah, no kidding. Absolutely. And then I'm an adult, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no diagnoses or anything. But man, you know, I'm much more in tune with my body and what I need when just from what I've learned through helping my child. So it's very relevant to everybody, no matter what age or anything. Absolutely. Well, so, you know, if somebody I always ask people, you know, in the author series, like, you know, what are the three top takeaways from your book? It's always a tough question to ask because, you know, you, there's usually so much. But I think it's it's just, you know, it really helps to especially with a book like this for somebody who may be listening, going, well, that doesn't really apply to me or I don't have a child like that. Um, you know, I think that there's probably some takeaways that would help them also recognize maybe somebody they know or someone else who's struggling with this or someone else whose child has or has had this so that they can maybe understand a little bit more and, and have some good dialogue. So do you have a couple, you know, top takeaways? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I would say make sure you do your research. So for those people who don't really understand it, make sure you start doing your research because biomedical intervention, we have done a whole lot with diet and supplements that people do not realize that makes a difference to the nervous system function. So things like that, occupational therapy, these are some lasting benefits that we have done that can help other people. If you're wondering if your child even has it, or even as adults, you know, you've always just kind of felt a little bit out of sync, you hear that term thrown around quite a bit. Um, there's two sides of sensory processing. You can either kind of be coined towards the seeker side or the avoider. So we all have personalities and sensitivities that lean one way or the other, whether we um, like to go out to loud parties versus stay home and read a book, whether we like to exercise outdoors and run and be vigorous, or whether we like indoor quiet yoga. These, some of these things, and then when you start looking as it gets more towards really challenging um, a person's life and is there's this line of functionality and when it crosses over into getting to be dysfunctional and you're not really getting to live the life you know your best life that you want to live in children especially this can look like um, they cover their ears a lot so the sen the sensory avoiders they're going to cover their ears they're going to be startled by um, sounds noises movements um, they clothing is going to irritate them to no end. You're going to be cutting tags out of clothes and getting, you know, seam free socks and all these things. And then there's more subtle things that you might not understand, like um, they might be very resistant to change. They might not transition well in, from activity to activity. You might get a lot of meltdowns because they're so anxious. This all has a root in sensory. And then my son was actually kind of the opposite. He was a seeker. And he was a sensory bulldozer. Um, his OT <laughs> is the one who created that. And so little itty bitty fella, three years old, running into walls until he bloodied his lips, um, just destroying and not being mean about it, but just like uh, we go to a fairly small church. He had two Sunday school teachers. One of them was my mother. <laughs> so grandma oh was a Sunday school teacher. And he could level that classroom, flipping chairs, dragging off puzzles and books off of shelves, you know, flipping the blocks. You know, he could do all of this before one of the two teachers could catch him. <laughs> so he was a seeker. He was needing to fill up his bucket. We always talk about a little sensory bucket and the avoiders are kind of hypo or the avoiders are hypersensitive. They have too much in their bucket all the time. It's overflowing. And then the seekers are hyposensitive. So they're seeking to fill up their bucket to get to that just right level. So if you, the, the seekers are the high energy kids, you know, in contrast, but they can still have some of the avoider symptoms and that vice versa, which makes it, that's where it gets kind of confusing to people. But if any of this is like, oh, <laughs> that might be my kid, or I have a friend like that, then, you know, sensory is going to help. Any type of sensory intervention is going to help. You know, it's interesting because now, you know, as I've gotten older and I've, um, you know, really understood my son and he really outgrew a lot of his um, Tourette's. He didn't have like the verbal outbursts. He had, uh, you know, we call them sticky thoughts where he would, something would stress him out very badly. He would, you know, hear something and he, you know, he, I remember when mad cow disease was happening and he heard something on the news and then he decided, you know, he'd eaten a hamburger. And so he had mad cow disease and, and it was, you know, really stressful going through all that. Now that I know more and he's evolved, I look back at my own childhood and I'm fairly certain I had something very similar. 
but I, as you were talking, um, even before you talked about, you know, the, the, uh, the physical part of that, I was thinking about how I used to constantly rub my ear. Like I'd push in on, on, you know, whatever this part is called when I would get stressed and mm -hmm. I, I would just constantly do that. And I, it was, I don't know that it calmed me down, but it must have. Yeah. But it was something that I felt I had control over, I know. And so when I did that, I wasn't so scared or I wasn't, you know, panicking or I wasn't, you know, having whatever thoughts. And so, you know, as you get older and you realize that some of those things, you know, really were for a reason and, you know, just understanding more can allow you to, you know, appreciate yourself a little more and give yourself a little bit more patience as well. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of, lot of pieces of the puzzle, I think for, you know, everyone, but as you, as you look back on this journey of not only going through this as a mother and, you know, experiencing all these, these issues, the actual writing of the book, what, what was the writing of the book, the process of that for you? You know, what, what great lesson or any lessons did you learn along the way that helped you continue on your journey? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I always wanted to be a published author, but I thought I was going to write fiction. And so even in college, my senior year in college, I started a historical fiction novel for my creative writing class, got 70 pages in, you know, that's what I turned in for my grade. And, uh, and my teacher shook my hand on graduation day and said, please finish your novel. Well, the novel got shelved. Okay. Uh, I'm coming back to it, but the novel got shelved and got married two weeks out of college, had children, all of this snowballed into it. And so all of my writing, I'd always written since a young age, but I had to be a mom first and I, I couldn't balance both. I was, uh, once Jacob got diagnosed, I was mom, teacher, we homeschool. So homeschool because of the sensory. <laughs> so mom, teacher, I was the um, 24 seven therapist when he was not in with his regular OT, I was running therapy programs at home with them. So I didn't have time for my writing, but we were the only ones who had ever heard of sensory processing disorder in my circle. So none of my family had heard of it. None of my friends had heard of it. None of my church people had heard of it. And I felt very alone. So I started a Facebook page and started blogging parts of our story. This is what I'm learning. So, you know, as we were learning about biomedical, I was posting about that as I was learning about different intervention strategies, um, some integrative listening therapy that just really, really helped him. I'm blogging about all these different pieces. And, you know, some of it ended up being very kind of mindset shifts of, um, looking for the good and the positive in this and what is it teaching us as a family and how is it shaping our lives? And I started having people find me from all over the place, find this page. And they had children like this and they wanted to see what was going on with our story. And then I had people starting dropping comments. You need to put this all in one place. You know, this would really help people if we could just put it all in one place. And so then my wheels got turning and I actually <laughs> wrote the bulk of the book um, around when Jacob was six or seven years old and it got shelved again because we got really busy. We started homeschooling about that time and I just could not focus on my writing. And once I got homeschool, you know, a couple of years under our belt, we really knew what we were doing. My husband said, you know, you need to get your writing back out and you need to finish it because it's important and there's people out there that need it. So, um, that's what started me on getting it finished. Um, I ran into 
one of his friends that we all went to college together, you know her, Stephanie Fager. And uh, (laughs) he kept saying, I got to introduce you to this girl, you know, that um, has published her book and I want you to meet her so you can find out how to publish yours. And our paths crossed in the mall one day. And it was like this magical, you know, godsend kind of moment. And she's the one who connected me to our publisher and the rest, you know, has been history. So that's my process. It was a it was a stop and go kind of process. You know, I kind of worked worked in spurts, but um, I'm glad it's out there now. And and now my kids are older, and I'm focusing. I'd love to do some spinoff books to it because um, you can't cover everything in one book that I wanted to cover. I'd love to do a book on marriage, a book on siblings, on homeschooling in general, things that can really help build out the message that we need to get out there. And I'd love to finish my fiction as well. <laughs> so <laughs> we're back working. We're back rolling. Yeah. As you were talking, I actually made a note because uh, I've, you know, I've written my books in novel format because I have kind of a similar backstory to you of, of, of writing and creative writing. And last summer we were on vacation in Greece and I, I came up with the entire concept for a novel and I sketched it all out and I started writing it. And then the last time I've written in it is in April. And I promised myself I was going to have it done before the end of August, <laughs> which I'm not going to, but I just made the note to start scheduling in my writing time now. Cause I've just gotten off of several months of doing a lot of taping and different elements. And now I'm like, okay, it's time to get that creative part again. Cause I still have business books in the motion, but that's the piece that I really need to do to take care of mine. And, and, you know, really kind of rolls into my next question because you know, it's, um, you know, we, we have these goals, we set them for ourselves, we achieve them. And then, you know, then we're like, okay, that feels great. All right, what's next? So this is kind of a two part question. So the first is, you know, did publishing the book, not the writing, because I, you know, we kind of covered that before, but publishing the book, has that shocked your potential? And then the next question is, you know, after this, what's the next goal that you are setting for yourself that you really want to achieve and you know it will, it'll shock your potential further? And then what's your timeline on it? Okay. Um, publishing the book absolutely shocked my potential. Like I said, it went from Facebook blogs that were meant for family and friends so that they could understand our experience and raise awareness just about our family. Um, publishing the book has taken it global. So I've been hearing from people from London. I've been doing podcasts with people, um, blog posts. um, We have, uh, let's see, next week I'm going to be in a global uh, online conference for educators. (laughs) So that's going to be really exciting. And next month I'm going to be doing a statewide conference for counselors. So um, my focus at the moment is getting through trying to help people who are getting ready to start school and understanding that whether you're in the classroom or at home, this stuff matters. So it has shocked my potential definitely from just this little American family (laughs) to now lots and lots of people know us and we're helping people and getting messages from people all over, you know, the world with how it's making a difference in their lives. And uh, as far as what's next, I would love to, be working on the marriage book. I've got parts of it drafted and I don't really have a timeline for that one yet, but I would love, you know, within another year or so to have something published again, whether it's um, the marriage would be the kind of the first spinoff book with siblings and homeschoolers after that. And uh, I've got my fiction novel uh, 90% done and it's kind of going through an editorial board. 
So it'll be, you know, working on that and then finding, um, I loved our publisher that did my nonfiction and she's very open about that. Uh, they don't, it just depends where I'm going to go, if I'm going to stay with them or if I'm going to do my fiction through a different publisher. So that creates a lot of <laughs> questions with the timeline as well, getting lined up. So, but wonderful. Yeah. Good. So we'll, I'll be expecting to hear timelines from you at some point in time. I'll hold you accountable to it. <laughs> okay. But then of course you're not supposed to do that to me, but uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see how many more days in August. I know, not enough, not nearly enough. Well, I know we'll have all of your contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look up the book, look you up, find more about you and what you're doing, what are the best ways for them to find you? I've got a website. Um, it's sensationalkidssensationalfamilies.com. I'm also on Facebook. I've got a Facebook group as well that's Sensational Kids, Sensational Families. And I still blog our story. So where it kind of started, you know, we've built into um, that big page. And it's also global, has people from all over watching us. And I'm on LinkedIn. So lots of ways to connect. Excellent. Very good. Well, as we wrap up, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I would just say don't ever give up on your dreams. Because like I had said, you know, I had always wanted to be a published author. And I had really in my heart not given it up but made peace that I was just going to be a mom and a mom was going to be enough. And, you know, this was what I was going to do. I was going to homeschool my kids and I was going to take care of the sensory needs. And this is who God wanted me to be. But through that, he still had a plan for me to publish my work. So don't ever give up. And even when it's challenging, you know, there's always an end to it and there's a purpose for all of it. So press forward and, and make them come true one way or another. I love it. Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing your expertise. I know that uh, this will be something that my listeners really stop and think about afterwards. So it's been a pleasure to have you and to be connected. So best of luck to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.